Welcome to The Deep End, a podcast brought to you by DigitalOcean. In today's podcast, we chat with CPO of GTM Hub and learn about how they are on a mission to building the world's best OKR management platform. I'm really excited to hear sort of the problem uh, you're solving. And so we'll start there. Like, you know, what, what, what is GTM Hub trying to solve for? GTM Hub is effectively trying to solve for the five things that I think most companies worry about or keep the executive team and board members and really everyone up at night. The first is, are we focused? Yeah. Right? Are we transparent? Are my employees engaged with work? Is everyone pulling in the same direction? Yeah. And is, are people being held accountable for delivery of that work, right? And there are different methods to do that. And a lot of times people administer this via an Excel spreadsheet or a PowerPoint presentation. We've done both of those. Right? <laughs> and then you end up with this amazing amount of management overhead where you have an established process when, and that's great. But what we're trying to establish, much like everything else, is just an optimization of that right. exercise. We want people to actually do the work. We know that people need to report that work. Yeah so that they understand what they're doing, what their focus is, how everyone else fits into that picture. Are those things actually aligned with the department, team, or company goals and during what duration? But at the end of the day, I find that there's always this champion, the CEO or the COO or the HR lead that is responsible for administrating this process. And they're super excited about it. Right. They have domain expertise in it. And there's everyone else. And frankly, those people don't really care that much. Yeah. Or they may be uninformed. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. It seems like such a hassle. Oh, it's that time again. Where yeah. do I pull my data from? Everybody's dreading Everyone's it, right? dreading <laughs> the check-in. Yes. And the quarterly, you know, whatever, it's going to be a town hall. I want to relieve companies from that pressure, knowing that they need to do that. Right. And make it, hopefully, as frictionless as possible, because that's the job to be done. Yep. Someone's got to do it. And I want to offload that job, the, the really nuanced, annoying work of that job with this product. So tell us a little bit about how the company was founded. I know there is an interesting story behind it, sort of uh, where you were founded and you know, what led to the team trying to solve this specific problem. Right. So the heritage of this team actually came from Bulgaria. Uh, Sofia specifically, most of the founding team, most of it, uh, actually started in a company called Teleric. Mm -hmm. And that company at some point got acquired by Progress, uh, which is a massive win for the country, honestly. Yeah. It was a game changer for that country. And there was a group of really smart engineers that thought there were these basic problems that the company had at the time. Right. Like, what's our MRR? What's our marketing spend? What's the return on investment on that spend? What's going on with our sales cycles and how are they closing, right? No one had answers to these very foundational, fundamental questions. And then GTM, the go-to-market, yeah. part of it became a reality. And that's where the, the name actually came from. Right. So they have this insights board where effectively it draws all this data together from all of your third-party stuff that you use, your software, and it just renders it so that you're like, oh, that's, that's my data. That's, right. that's what I need to know about my business. And one of the things I talked to, one of the co-founders, uh, he said, 
you have to listen to your customers. And as a product person, I'm like, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please do that. That's music theory. Right? Because they were so dogged about this particular thing right. being the product. Yeah. And they recognized that nobody actually wanted that thing because it was all over the place anyway, or they were doing it. It wasn't an issue. Right. They just weren't doing it as effectively as they should have, it sounds like. Right. Um, and so they were like, well, what are the problems? And they're like, well, how do you take this stuff? and get people to even know it exists, mm -hmm. right? And then to do work to affect change to those things. Right. And that's when OKRs became a part, a module in the product, in the product. to go along with effectively as a KPI dashboard, right? It's like, yep. these are the numbers that we want to turn the needle on, yep. hopefully positively. Sometimes not, because sometimes it's like, you know, I need to make sure we don't have outages. Yeah. You know, that's a goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's not always positive contribution actually is a good thing. So we have that baked into the, to the product. And tell us sort of uh, your role and how you got involved with, uh, with the team there. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I actually met the founding team last year at Techstars. Wow. Uh, and that was like a completely kind of serendipitous thing. Right. My husband is much more well-known in the tech community than I am, or at least my... My experience at, like, this was a shift in career for me. Right. And so he actually knew Connor Murphy. Shout out to Connor Murphy. He's the managing director of Techstars, Techstars in yeah. Berlin. Uh, and he asked both of us, actually, to mentor. And so, unfortunate for all of those <laughs> startups, <laughs> they had a husband and wife pair. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> that, that actually helped nope. support the teams. And this particular team, I don't know. There was something about their product I, I mean, as a person who's an operator, like, I really enjoy operations. You're drawn to sort of solving these problems. I was like, problems. we need to solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> and they showed me some of the product back then, and it was not what it is today. Right. And I was like, this is really great, but why is this yellow? Right. Or why is this thing happening? And they were like, well, you know, we don't really have, it wasn't intentional. We just kind of did it. We picked something. And I was right. like, everything should be intentional. You need a product person. Right. That was our conversation last year. Then fast forward to this year, Yvonne was in town in Berlin, and he was like, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I'd love to chat with you. And we were talking, actually, about a COO role. Right. Uh, he was like, I think we got to get operations in order. I was like, okay. He went back to Bulgaria. He, he sent me an email, and he was like, I feel like I totally bait and switched you. I think I need a product person. And <laughs> actually, out of all the products in the world, I feel like this one is the one I want to build right. because I feel like I understand the mind of an operator right. and I want COOs and CEOs and HR leads to yeah. really love this thing. Do you just own product? Do you have engineering? Like, what are the teams that you are responsible for and how big is, is, is the team today right. overall? So the team, I think, is at 21 people. I think that's true. Yeah. Um, we, we're hiring incrementally and I'm seeing a new person in Slack and I'm like, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's starting to get to the point like, who's who? Uh, but uh, I'm responsible for products. So that would be the engineering team and we have a designer who does also front end. Right. Um, and then I'm product. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're, they're actually located in different places across the world. So we have customer success and sales components in San Francisco now mm -hmm. and Bulgaria. So to cover Europe and Asia. We have business development and strategy based out of London, growth and product out of Berlin, and then engineering and design and front-end development in Bulgaria. How do you, you know, you know just speaking on, about teams and staying on, the, mm. on that theme, 
Uh, are there things that you do from a um, culture recruiting perspective? Are there things you you know as a as a smaller team that you care about? Because one of the things that founders um, uh, you know struggle with or could use some insights on is just learnings from others on how they're doing. Yeah, the foundational thing I've learned is. Culture is not what you put on a piece of paper and print and stick on a wall. Right. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times I find that people look at those things, and if you're not actually behaving as a company and organization in Based that way, on those principles, yeah, then you have a bunch of people who believe that everything's just, a, you know, it's hypocritical. Right. And people become disillusioned and embittered by these things because right. they're like, wait a second. <laughs> Like we say that we're these things, but we don't behave yeah. this way, right? And then it gets yeah. frustrating. And so culture to me is what you hire, fire, reward, and discourage or even reprimand. Right. Like that's really it. You have a, you know, a wide spectrum of experience prior to, to joining GTM Hub. Mm. You know, can you share a little bit about sort of your journey and you know, if there are some things that you've learned along the way that you're bringing both to... Um, you know, the, your company now and, you know, things that you would advise uh, other entrepreneurs or startups or founders who, are, okay. who could use some of that insight from you. <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. I mean, I had two careers prior to going into like a startup early stage mm-hmm. environment. Um, I, I worked for Wonderlist for a time. A lot of people know, some people know me and they know this part of my story. I actually quit a really good job and started as an intern wow. with Wonderlist. Uh, I'm going to go. That's a pretty big I'm going to go move. full here. Yeah. <laughs> I was an intern. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows right. I'm not an intern based on my experience. Right. But at that time, I'm not kidding you, I was getting paid 400 euro a month. Yeah. 400 wow. euro a month. Wow. I mean, it, talk about being humbled, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, if you're talking about like taking home the value that you, you know, give to a business and that's how much you're going to get paid, it's like, how yeah. do I buy groceries of this? That's of a very big decision, right? What <laughs> right. was what was the, the there's a reason I feel like behind that that you, you I did really that, so. wanted to work with this team. Wow. I really did. I had different offers. Uh, I had three to look at. Right. Two were full time in Berlin. I was unknown in right. tech, specifically in Berlin, because I'm coming from the United States, I've never lived outside the United States. Right. And I kind of evaluated my offense and I thought, you know, there was a shift in my mentality where it wasn't, will these people pay me well? Like as, you know, cost or living as an independent variable, like what that lifestyle would look like. It was, I need to be intellectually challenged. Right. And I wanted to find work. I mean, that sounds weird. Like this is a to-do list app. Right. How challenging is it to build a to-do? I'll tell you, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a problem and it just won't leave us. Leave us, yeah. And we have to fix it. And I, I would say, if there's any advice I would give to entrepreneurs and founders, stick with it. You had an idea. Right. And I feel like you can't be the type of person who is so stubborn, right, that you're going to drive your business in the ground because you just are unwilling to maybe change your tactics, right. but stick with your vision. And that's something that I learned from my Wonderlist days. That's something that I've learned recently with this GTM Hub team is that they were humble enough to make a shift. Shift, yeah. But the overall vision was still the same. Right. We want companies to feel good that they know they're going in the same direction and actually yeah. making progress. 
right. toward whatever it is that they want to do. How is Hatch helping you with, um, with sort of your product or your journey? And, uh, you know, and, and, and we also foster a sense of community within, yeah. within Hatch companies. So anything that, um, A, that you are gaining from as being part of the community or if there are things that you have asked for in terms of the Hatch community, whether they can test your product, they can yeah. give you feedback. So, you know, let, let's touch on that. So you have a really strong brand to be sure, but you actually have a product that's really solid. Yeah. Um, things that we worry about, honestly, like all companies is scalability, right? Yes. Like, and right now, ever more so, is compliance. And you all cover that. We need to be able to have a reliable service, right. you know, that is... Um, distributed across the globe because we have customers all over the place. The The ease, I guess, of being able to hop on DO uh, is really a selling point. And honestly, especially for early stage startups, the cost. Yeah. We needed to be really responsible with the money that we and, had. And that can be a big difference, it's especially for early, early stage companies. Right? It's the difference between you being able to, to extend your, your burn and, uh, and, and make in other investments. Exactly. What about, you know, we, we talked about our customers. Is there a, a customer segment you're focused on? Sounds like, you know, uh, any, any size team can use sure. your product, but you are trying to solve for larger teams and Definitely. larger companies. Is that, Definitely. Yeah. Because we see the pain points of retention when people kind of get lost in the mix. Right. Right. And the challenges that come to bear I mean, I worked for enterprise. Right. I know what it feels like when you're kind of questioning yourself and you're, you have this little bit of an existential crisis. Like, why am I here? Right. What am yes. I supposed to go do? Yeah. And how does my work actually contribute? So I feel like I'm solving for hopefully other people who may feel that, that way, way, that problem. Yeah. We do not rise to the level or the height of our ambition. We fall back to the strengths of our training or, and, and honestly, our systems. Right. It's the habits. Yes. Right. As much as all of us want to say, you know, we are visionaries and we want to excel, at the end of the day, we fall back to our habits. And if you do not have a habit of pushing to other people information about what you're doing, why it matters across the board, then it's likely you're in a situation where you're under arrest. And if you do end up being successful, it's by accident rather than intention. Rather than intent. Yeah, I agree. It's not okay. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing these insights amazing to see the progress you guys uh, have had so far. Good luck with your roadmap and, and future successes and can't wait, wait to have you back um, you know, next time uh, sharing uh, success stories of your growth and uh, we will also try to use a product now. That's so exciting. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>